0: and welcome to another weekly Devo time. My name is Andrew. I get the privilege of being on staff at the Well and Be in Christ Church. If you're checking a Devo out for the very first time, a very special welcome to you. Well, I know some of you who've been tracking with me. Uh, I said I was going to be going through a series on the fruit of the Spirit, um, but I wanted to shift gears a little bit. I know uh, um, we're coming out of Easter not too long ago and I was just thinking about some things uh, just personally and just some things that are going on in our world and all these things. And recently, uh, if you are following us on social media at all, you would have noticed that we participated in um, the food drive for Welland. And so I just want to say thanks to all the volunteers who helped out with that. But it also kind of got me thinking a little bit about finances, a little bit about support, Uh, how people are doing nowadays in light of COVID with many businesses shutting down and so forth. So I just kind of, I'm gonna talk about money a little bit in just a a moment, but I thought just out of interest sake, I would open up a little bit differently today. And I just Googled, what are things that people are asking in terms of questions? And so one of the sites, that I like to use to do some research and just uh, help me a little along a little bit in my ministry and so forth is a site called got questions not God but got got questions got and this site answers a ton of questions I don't necessarily a hundred percent believe um, uh, or I shouldn't say believe, agree with everything they always write, but certainly is, is a pretty good website, pretty trusted website. So if you are just have a question sometime about something spiritual or something within the Bible, uh, I'd encourage you to check that website out. But what was interesting about their website is it had a little uh, tab on it that you know, that you could click on that said the 20 most asked questions the 20 most asked questions for their specific website anyway. And I thought this was really interesting. So I wanted to just read those to you as an opener. It really doesn't have that much to do with the lesson time today, but I thought you might find this interesting. So this is the, fir- this is the top 20. So it says, what does the Bible say about women pastors? Now, all of these are going to be kind of what we call hot potato type topics or most of them, but... The first question, what does the Bible say about women pastors? So interesting. What does the Bible say about homosexuality? Uh, And then it follows up with a second question. Is it a sin? What does the Bible say about tattoos? Interesting. Once saved, always saved, question mark. Is eternal security biblical? Can a Christian lose their salvation? Question number five. Ooh, Now we get a little more interesting uh, in some ways, I guess. Uh, Masturbation, is it a sin according to the Bible? Question number six, what does the Bible say about interracial marriage? That's kind of interesting. Now, uh, granted, I should probably uh, make note that this also is primarily an American website, and I know that that's a big deal, uh, interracial uh, relationships and so forth in the States, so that's probably more where that question is coming from. Um, Question number seven, who was Cain's wife? Oh, uh, that is a really interesting question, Uh, many biblical scholars have uh, written things about that. What is the Christian view of suicide? What does the Bible say about suicide? What about a believer who commits suicide? So those were three questions that are dealt with in one question. Question number nine, and I've had this in in my ministry several times, people ask, is my pet going to heaven? Do pets go to heaven? Do animals have souls? Question 10, what happens after death? So that's a, that's a pretty big general question. Uh, 11, what does the Bible say about a Christian tithing should a Christian tithe? And that's actually question number 11, and that's the one I'm going to address and look at a little in just a couple moments here. Uh, number 12, what is the gift of speaking in tongues? Is it for today? What about praying in tongues? Question 13, what does the Bible say about dinosaurs? I love that question. I often, uh, in my younger years of being a Christian, when I was maybe what I'd call a little bit more immature and just a little more curious, I guess, about some things is, um, we'd often say in youth group or something like that, what's, what's one of the questions you would ask Jesus if you had a chance to ask Jesus a question? And that was always gonna be one of mine is, Jesus, what happened to the dinosaurs? What, like, what's up with that? And uh, so that's an interesting one. Uh, Moving on, it says, what is the importance of Christian baptism? That's a good question, number 14. Number 15 says, what does the Bible say about drinking alcohol? Is it a sin for a Christian to drink alcohol? Uh, Question 16, what does the Bible say about gambling? Is gambling a sin? 17, what does the Bible teach about the Trinity? Question 18, what does the Bible say about sex before marriage? Question nineteen: Where was Jesus for three days between his death and resurrection? Ooh, that's a really interesting one. Pretty deep one. A lot of biblical scholars make a lot of different comments about that one. And then question twenty: uh, The twenty uh, most asked question on this website specifically, GotQuestions.org was what does the Bible say about divorce and remarriage? What does the Bible say about divorce and remarriage? Well, like I said, I wanted to backtrack and just kind of address question 11 a little bit. What does the Bible say about Christian tithing and should a Christian tithe? Well, this is a bit of a loaded question and I'm going to share um, a couple different perspectives. I'm gonna share, first of all, kind of the answer that gotquestions.org gives. And then I'm gonna go to Mark chapter 12, and we're gonna look at the widow's offering. This incredibly beautiful story in scripture of a widow who's uh, not doing well financially at all, And we're going to look at her example and we're just going to unpack that a little bit. So that's in Mark chapter 12 if you have a Bible or your phone, however you might be following along or want to follow along with the actual Scripture. In a few moments we'll turn to Mark chapter 12 starting at verse 41. But the answer that uh, gotquestions.org gives is this. It says many Christians struggle with the issue of tithing. In some churches, giving is overemphasized. Uh, So we can see this. You might uh, see this on TV a little bit more specifically. We call them, um, (laughs) what do we call them again? Uh, The guys who love to preach about money and giving and if you give, you're gonna get back and uh, all of those types of things. So you you kinda know what I'm talking about in, in that sense. So at the same time, many Christians refuse to submit to the Lord about biblical giving and so we've got kind of these two uh, polar opposites in some senses we've got people asking specifically pastors who might have a uh, a heart that's maybe not in the right place or whatever who are just you know give 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 and then we've got the opposite we've got people who probably know well we do know we know scripture asks us to give so we have people who just refuse to and they're just like no god's not going to have my money or i'm not giving to that or they have trust issues or whatever it might be so we have kind of those two polar opposites well tithing itself isn't actually a new testament concept it's an old testament concept and it's really interesting because if you look up the word tithe the word tithe does mean 10 percent, but it wasn't used It was it didn't mean that in the Old Testament, because an actual tithe in the Old Testament runs in around twenty three and a third percent. If you add up all the different things that they were supposed to give to according to the law. Now, one of the things that shifted a little bit and I'll go back to the answer here in just a little bit. But so I'm just ad libbing a bit or or bringing my own experience and and knowledge into this from study myself and so forth. So you have kind of the Old Testament of the uh, 23 and a third percent tithe and then you have what we kind of have always adopted as a 10 percent tithe in the New Testament. Now one of the reasons we've shifted this percentage is because in the Old Testament essentially the church uh, and the church would didn't really even operate that like the temple and the the religious leaders and so forth they cared for basically everything in society now and and so essentially they're even though they were still taxed high um, taxes weren't going towards things like medical care and all those things like they are nowadays so the argument nowadays is because we pay, Uh, heavy taxes and we give to school systems and education and medical systems and all of those things and and security like police and fire, all those types of things, Uh, our tax dollars go to pay for that. The argument essentially is is that we don't have to pay as much to the church anymore uh, because we're paying those things that the church technically used to look after. So that's one of the arguments that's out there. So anyway, going back to what gotquestions.org says is this, tithing is an Old Testament concept. The tithe was a requirement of the law in which the Israelites were to give 10% of the crops they grew and the livestock they raised to the tabernacle. Uh, And so just some scriptural references to this, Leviticus 27, verse 30, Numbers 18, verse 26, Deuteronomy 14, verse 24, and 2 Chronicles 31, verse 5. Uh, They go on, this website goes on to say, in fact, the Old Testament law required multiple ties, one for the Levites, one for the use of the temple, one for the feasts, and one for the poor of the land, which would have pushed the total to around 23.3%, so 23 and a third percent. Of a tithe, some understood the Old Testament, sorry the Old Testament tithe—as a method of taxation to provide for the needs of the priests and Levites in the sacrificial system. After the death of Jesus fulfilled the after the death of Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, the New Testament nowhere commands or even recommends that Christians submit. <laughs> excuse me on that one. That. Uh, after the death of Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, the New Testament nowhere commands or even recommends that Christians submit to a legalistic tithe system. The New Testament nowhere designates a percentage of income a person a person should set aside, but only says gifts should be in keeping with income. Now, if you follow... Uh, if you've been a part of Welland BIC Church in the past, you know that we used to pray before we would take up an offering, and oftentimes we'd say, Lord, just please bless these tithes, gifts, and offerings. And so we kind of included them all, even though really a tithe doesn't technically exist anymore, we still carry on the language, so it's not a big deal, um, but a more appropriate language would be gifts and offerings in terms of a, a New Testament system. Uh, And that's according to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. Some in the Christian church have taken the 10% figure from the Old Testament tithe and applied it as recommended minimum uh, giving for Christians. So again, there certainly is a principle there if if you're budgeting. a good budget looks like 10% for savings for kind of putting towards your retirement if, if you start early enough in life and so forth. If you haven't started any kind of budget in terms of setting aside money for your retirement or that type of thing, uh, you may have to increase that. You might have to be saving 25% of your income or something like that to create a good budget for what it will look like for when you retire. It all kind of depends on what sort of job you have, whether your job includes pension, whatever, that type of thing. But the important thing that I would want to say to you is, Uh, as a pastor this morning is just make sure you have a budget of some kind. You really should be budgeting something. You should be looking at your expenses. You should be looking at your income, balancing those, and you should be leaving room for savings and giving. Uh, So that's really important. So um, just kind of take note of that. The New Testament talks about the importance and benefits of giving. We are to give as we are able. So this is really important. There are seasons where things get rough, and this is certainly one of these seasons. Some of you may be in a place where um, you're perhaps very fearful of losing your job, or perhaps you already have, and you're in a different income set. Maybe you're uh, on unemployment insurance, whatever it might be, and so your budget has had to shift. Some of you this hasn't affected you at all, and even, um, it's been interesting. Um, Charmaine and I have been surprised, and some of our mutual fund stuff uh, that we've noticed hasn't really gone down much at all, and in fact, some of it has gone up. And so we're, you know, each person is just responsible for kind of checking in what, where they're at and what's going on. And this is the beauty of the family, of being part of church family is that there are seasons where some people can't give as much and there are some seasons where people can give more. And this is why it's important that we don't get too caught up. I think the rule, the, the rule of thumb uh, is OK to certainly set a guideline. So if you want to set 10% or 7.5% or 12.5%, somewhere, I would say, in that range is a good rule for your budgeting system. But I would also say it's, it's just a it's a guideline because there should be times in your life where you might be giving 25 percent of your income back to the church or back to uh, nonprofit organizations whatever it is to neighbors who are in need to family members who are in need whatever that might look like again because I don't want to pigeonhole that per se I, yeah I'm a pastor and, and I love the local church and I think there's certainly a responsibility for us as Christ followers to give to our local church and make sure we support it properly. But I also believe that there are seasons where we notice other things that are going on. And if we notice a neighbor in need, or if we notice a family member in need, that we do what we can to try and help out. And that's why setting a budget is important that way, because we shouldn't be strapping ourselves so much with expenses, regular expenses, that we have no freedom within our budget. And so that's why this was kind of important for me to talk about, one, because we are in a season and this season could get worse for certain people uh, because of the COVID situation, because of their jobs, because of loss of businesses and these types of things. So again, my encouragement to you as pastor is to look to, first of all, look at your own budget. Are you in a place where where you're doing okay? Are you in a place where you're setting aside a little bit of freedom to move in and out of that budget? The second thing is, is I would encourage you, maybe you need to stretch yourself a bit. Maybe you need to look at your own attitude of of giving. Maybe some of you are are hoarding too much of your income and the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to you in in that sense to say, hey, um, <laughs> loosen up a little bit here you need to create some margin within your budget so that you have a place that you can be in to help others whatever that might look like so just to kind of finish off on what uh on what gotquestions.org says so they end saying this above all all ties and offerings should be given with pure motives and an attitude of worship to god and service to the body of christ Each man and or woman should give what he or she has decided in his or her heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, but rather out of a a heart of giving, for God loves a cheerful giver. And that's in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. So now let's just backtrack a little bit here and, and go to Mark chapter 12, verse 41. And this is what it says. It says the widow's offering. So here's a woman, uh, and if you know anything about the cultural context, uh, widows were not wealthy at all. And in fact, widows were often taken advantage of by other religious leaders, uh, which was an incredibly sad and disturbing thing. And Jesus Jesus, uh, saw that, and he spoke into that as well in terms of how the Pharisees were, were taking advantage of widows. So anyway, this is Mark chapter 12, verse 41. It says the widow's offering. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. Woo-hoo! Which, I mean, a part of that is great. However, if it's done in the wrong heart, eh, not good. But then he notices this and he points this out. He says, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. This widow gives two coins that aren't even worth a penny. Now calling his disciples around him, Jesus says this. He says, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Now that would be confusing if you're watching this just from a physical perspective. As a disciple, you'd be like, what? She she didn't even give even up to a penny's worth. Uh, And these other guys who are pretty wealthy, uh, we can tell that they've put quite a bit in into the treasury. So he says this, he says, they, Jesus goes on to say, they all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, putting in everything and all that she had to live on. Now, Again, there's so much to be unpacked in this scripture and and so many things that we could, I mean, sermon after sermon could be written and spoken about this. But I just wanted to share this quick example of this incredibly beautiful story to just remind us that uh, that story, the the bottom line, the main purpose, the main meaning of that story is this. It's what's going on in our heart. And if we're hoarding things or we're not, The question should be this, ultimately, is, Lord, what would you have me give? That's just the bottom line question is, Lord, what would you have me give in this season? Uh, And again, just be careful with the potential of, of getting into legalism or the law in setting a very specific thing. Um, Again, guidelines are great, so if you want to set a a budget number, a a good budget number sure is 10%. um, But don't pigeonhole yourself into that. Leave some margin, leave some room so that you can be uh, generous when you need to be generous and to help those uh, in need of help. So again, this was kind of inspired a little bit out of just uh, the recent food drive and thinking about that. Um, So hopefully this has been helpful. If you have any follow-up questions or any comments, uh, please don't hesitate to email me or Facebook me, send a private message, and I can maybe follow up with you a little bit. If you have any questions about budgeting or money or how much you should be giving or what you should be giving to, I'd love to hear from you. Hope you're all staying safe. Hope you're having a great week. God bless and take care.